0: Dear
1: Talks.
0: Talks. I really want to celebrate uh, the creativity of the women, uh, but all the creativity. It's another way to give voice uh, to the artists that I like. Only in this way you can move in the future, and uh, you have a conversation with a new generation of uh, women.
1: I am so excited to say that this episode of Dior Talks interviews the acclaimed American artist, Micheline Thomas. Invited by Maria Grazia Curie to collaborate on her Cruise 2020 collection in April 2019, Thomas is a visual artist known for her textually rich and vibrant paintings, installations, photography, and video work that examines the popular characterization of black female identity, celebrity, and sexuality. Through her painting in particular, Micheline explores canonical images of Western art history, from masterpieces of Anger to the most recognisable paintings from the French Impressionists. She reworks, mainly through collage, these iconic pictures to include imagery pertaining to black femininity, referencing both exploitation movies and fashion photography from magazines such as Jet or Ebony. In 2019, Micheline was invited by Maria Grazia Curie to collaborate on her cruise collection, which explored a conversation of cultural exchanges. This collection did not just span the geography of craftsmanship and materials, but Maria Grazia brought in women artists from all around the world to rework the iconic Dior Bart silhouette. Approaching the commission with her collage technique, Micheline provided a new artwork based on a Monet painting to be incorporated in the construction of the back of the jacket. My name is Katie Hessel. I'm an art historian and curator from London, and I run the Great Women Artists Instagram account. And today I am so delighted to be virtually visiting Micheline at her Connecticut studio, who we are very excitingly recording with today. Um, so thank you so much for speaking with me today I've been such a fan of your work for so long now I'm based in London but every single time I go to New York City I always make sure I visit your beautiful works at the Brooklyn Museum and what I what always strikes me about your work is just the sheer beauty of the images and the power that the women hold in your work so i just love to start off by asking you why is it that you choose to spotlight black women as the central focus for your work?
0: Um why do I choose to spotlight black women as a central focus? I think, uh, why not? I think, uh, I'm a black woman. Um, I come from a long line of, uh, powerful matriarchal black women in my life who have inspired me and, uh, have allowed me to be the person that I am today. And I think, The black woman, specifically in this country, is been somewhat uh, a sort of uh, problematic issue in a sense where um, we are probably, you know, demographically on the bottom of you know the list, right? And so, uh, you know, when you think historically of the contributions that black women have contributed to um, society and what we have done in America, we are still, you know, the least paid, the least celebrated and the least rewarded. And I think as an artist, it is my responsibility to uh, put forth powerful images of black women for young black girls to be inspired. Um, you know, it's you know, as an artist, I think most times, as an artist, it's really important to um, really bring forth bring forth images or extension of yourself into your work and to create a personal narrative. And to, to speak about uh, your own truth and to speak about uh, systematic, you know, issues in the world that continue to create uh, problems, but also to 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 find find ways in which uh young girls and for me mostly, you know, it's for the seven and eight year olds, right? It's for the eight year old it's for my eight year old self. It's for my fourteen year old self, right? To have something to validate them. Um to so that they can have this mirror image and to see themselves in the world and to know that they they do exist and that they are beautiful and that there are other women out there who are strong. And I think it's very important for me as an artist to, to, to to find the language within my work and to articulate it through the tools that I use and to put that forth in the images that, um, um, I want to, uh, convey in the language that I'm, I'm sort of,
1: creating that's beautiful but i you know i look at these images of your women and there is just something so regal so noble so elegant how do you want these women to be portrayed and celebrated um i want them to be
0: celebrated you know as their authentic selves you know i think they are you know often too often times you know um Black women in America, you know, it's just like there's this there's a long list of like this invisible sort of like um, imagery of like who and what black women should be, and I think um, when black women are are claiming themselves un uh, unapologetically and spaces. And when they are telling their own stories and recreating their own histories and personal narratives and bringing that forth and their own beauty, to tell you the truth, I've spoken to a lot of women in different ages who, when they're standing in front of my work, and the fact that they can see themselves and the work is empowering. When anyone goes From Crown Heights (laughs) community or Bed-Stuy, they can walk in and see the Grand Odilesque. This beautiful black woman nine foot twelve painting on a wall with an afro. Yeah. And they feel a sense of
1: validation. Yeah. And then there's a seat at the table. But I'm also interested, you know, a lot of your works have specific titles such as a portrait of Din or a Portrait of Raquel. Are they always based on specific people each time? Or are they sometimes even from your imagination?
0: No, they're never from my imagination. It's really important for me to put the person's name. Yeah. Because it's Letting you know that these are real people, that these, you know, aren't fictitious women that come from imagination or magazines or, you know, that these are women, that these are real women who exist in the world is to give someone a really kind of fortitude of, of some type of connection to say, ah, I... Kind of know that person, or I look like that person, or I can recognize that. You know what I mean. And so, you you know what I mean. Like that, to to have a name, yeah, to put to to say her name again is to to give the lineage of the history of who we are. Is to 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 give clarity and understanding of the person really existing and i think that's very important and it gives uh credence and more power to the image it's just life Mm. the normality Mm. of life you know what i mean we're just people so it's just like couscous with flower and hair all of those scripts so you're looking at that you look at couscous flower and hair so it allows you as the viewer to start looking at those things and start questioning okay i see that I can see her and so that's what a lot of my titles do that's you know in my own headspace when I'm working in my studio that's my hope and that's my thought process and I just want them really direct and simple and just like to the point of like what's happening in the photograph or the image and who these women are um And give them their name. Yeah. It's Raquel.
1: Yeah. No, I love this idea of how they are in these kind of, I guess, everyday activities of just reclining down. But I mean, they are also immersed in such sheer beauty. I mean, (laughs) you know, when you are first confronted with these works, it's overpowering the beauty that you witness as a viewer. And it's just, you just feel completely consumed. And they are these kind of like almost kind of altarpieces like. I mean, there's something very renaissance about them that I love. But I mean, when did you first become interested in in this idea of beauty and how do you translate beauty onto the canvas?
0: Um, I guess I wouldn't say I'm so much immersed and interested in beauty. I think uh, beauty is just kind of like nature, right? And I think I'm just an observer and that happens to be... I have a yeah. good eye. <laughs> a fantastic eye. <laughs> and, and because of that, I immerse myself in nature. And I think if, you, is, if you're someone who really appreciate the world around you and you really appreciate nature in the landscape, yeah. you enjoy beauty. And you can't help to enjoy the simple things of your world. Whatever, however you see the world, mm. you present that and you allow your narrative and your story to be as authentically yeah. yourself <laughs> right and and you present that and 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 people respond to it and it is beauty right
1: you know it's so beautiful seeing that hearing you just talk about this idea of beauty just being what you surround surround yourself with because when i look at one of your works i mean for me it just embodies every every centimeter every millimeter of the surface is beautiful there's something so i mean in a way for me it feels like it's so interesting because you know they are sort of scenes of normal life but then that there's this idea of like perfection for example and i guess what i mean by that is the fact that you are elevating these women to their best i mean do you find that you are interested in this idea of presenting women at their best
0: that's the key element when i'm working is elevating the pe- person that I'm, I'm i'm working on that that's the main impetus of uh my thought process when i'm when i'm making the work and sometimes that can be challenging especially when working with raquel because there's as many layers like she's my partner and yeah <laughs> we're you know on many levels and so yeah for yeah. for a long time i did not want to paint her at Oh, that was really, really challenging oh my, gosh. oh my gosh and i was so nervous yeah. and I, I was scared because then you know like the other women like i don't have to see every day right <laughs> like,
1: yeah, yeah like,
0: <laughs> and so i just remember that and it's just like for me it's like what if she doesn't like it what if she is offended by it or and also i just to go back to what you, your statement was to elevate like i want to elevate you know, them in the image. And so what if I didn't do it justice? And it was the same when I did the documentary of my mother. I was very nervous. You know, when they're that close to you, you can not feel some type of, you know, emotional turmoil of like distance, like you know, when you drive yourself crazy. And so for a long time, I didn't want to paint Raquel. I had all these images of her and I didn't put them out there. And then one day I just didn't think about it. I just did it. And so I just, I just looked at, it was an image that I love. And I just like, Oh, that's a really great composition. It just made it, you know, I had to look at it very formally, you know, that's how I had to approach her.
1: Um, But I want to talk about your collaboration with Dior because, um, you know, it was absolutely beautiful what you created with Maria Grazia last year. Um, How did the collaboration with Maria Grazia for the 2020 Cruise Show come about?
0: I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, like, you know, the luck of the draw, I guess. Um, Maria is just one of the most phenomenal women in the world. Yeah. I just have to say she is a visionary. I really have a huge admiration for her. She knows exactly what she wants. And, and she's so connected to culture, politics and society and people. And just in conversation, she's so aware of current events and, um, and just the world itself. And I think when you are in a position like she is, that all comes into the creativity. She just sees the world and she wants to bring that into her conversation. And I think some of the best people want that in their environment, why not? We have the opportunity as a woman like she is Why not give others that opportunity? And that's how I saw vision of her for bringing me in. For me, my conversation with me, Maria, is beyond the spectacle (laughs) or the, you know, as you will, the public thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's also like, Mm. I want to get to know you. Not many people would do that. I have a lot of respect for her. I'm inspired by her. You know, I, I think about people's eyes a lot. You know, and 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 I think when I think <laughs> of eyes, because I think of how people see and what they're seeing. You know, for me, yeah.
1: that the sight, yeah, yeah, what they're, they're noticing. noticing and
0: how they're absorbing and what
1: how that feeds the brain. You know, do you find that you're bringing that into your? actual subjects as well on your painting do you think about the eyes when you're making them
0: oh absolutely and that's where I think about the gaze when I'm looking when I'm working with the women especially when I'm photographing them reach out to the viewer well beyond and then and recently I've been really interested in the eyes of Daniel Luna and so I've been as and some of my abstract paintings and some of the works that I've been doing, I've been using her eyes. So I've been collecting eyes for some yeah. of my large collages and of women, of black models and stuff, wow. and like looking at eyes. And so eyes have been a big part of my work for the past couple of years. Um, so, and the bodies of work for the last year and a half, you will see that. If you start looking at them, that the eyes, especially in the abstract works, it's kind of like, and some of them have three eyes. It's like the third eye, and you know, playing yeah. on that, and just thinking about um, how we are seeing, and that these black women are really looking at you, <laughs> and yeah. you know that they are forcing the viewer to see them, but. To go back to Maria, I, I think about her eyes a lot. What is she doing? What is she seeing right now? It's exciting to, to know how someone's collecting.
1: So, but that, I think, that's so interesting, you know, When we're thinking about what you actually made in collaboration with Maria Grazia for last year. It was kind of blending your American culture with French culture as well. You know, it's it's stopping all of that. I mean, for the Cruise 2020 show, you actually created a garment based on the iconic Dior new look and the hat and, you know, and and had it as a painting by Monet. I mean, can you talk about... How this the the ideas behind that, and why you wanted to use a Monet work on this actual garment?
0: Yeah, I think one of the reasons I wanted to use the Monet work because you know, really thinking about this incredible experience to be doing this collaboration with Maria, and also you know for this cruise collection, and also to be in this fashion yeah. show for the first time. I've never been invited to design something of this magnitude. Um, but also think about myself as an American, but also think about my first journey and Paris as, you know, to reside at Monet's residency for, like, three months. Yeah. Although I... In Giverny. In Giverny, you know. You know, that experience was incredible. And so I had created this body of work about Monet. I thought it was just really great dialogue. This collection, Dior, being French, how amazing to bring this conversation and this landscape to life, to have it be a wearable thing. I had did this video about walking through Monet's garden, but I thought how incredibly to reverse that. If the garden is in some way wrapped around the figure and it can move yeah. <laughs> and it can be worn on her. And I just wanted to experience that. And if that was possible to, to bring that forward, And I've had all these images of Monet that I didn't use, that I've been wanting to figure out how to bring that forward in a different conversation. And so I'm excited about um, my experience there. Um, To to live in France, you know, as an African-American woman, was really exciting for me because when my mother one of her first places in europe was paris and so yeah. i felt like i was continuing like her her journey as well and yeah also so many the people i'm inspired by like james baldwin and all of these yeah. writers that i'm you know thinking about you know their experience in paris and you know black americans and and just read and just thinking about sort of history with France and with Paris. And then when Dior, you know, even before working with Maria Grazia, when Dior approached me to do the bag, the first lady Dior bag, I remember getting the an email and shooting it off to Raquel and she's like, oh my gosh, yes, you have to do this. And I'm like, well, we, we got to see what this bag looks like first. <laughs> like, I'm not going to do, I'm not going to do a bag. Like, why would I do a bag? Like and she looked at me and she's like you're doing the bad. <laughs> <laughs> for me, I'm a very a spiritual person so it was like all of these like connectors made sense in my life for me and that was that was that was very exciting.
1: I love the whole kind of, you know, come full circle of people like James Baldwin and Josephine Baker, but I mean it's so interesting that, you know, your work also so much I've I mean I've I've heard you speak about how much the impressionists had an effect on you when you were, you know, in Grad school and how um you know you do actually even kind of reimagine some paintings by Manet like Le Déjeuner sur le you know, and 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 name so many of your works French titles as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, and so every since undergrad I've been looking at French impressionism and working from Seurat. That's you know how I started pointless paintings. Actually, how I got into using a lot of the rhinestones in my work. Wow. Working through. Yeah. Uh, Pointless ideas and notions and also through trying to integrate aboriginal art dot paintings because um, i also lived in australia and started studied aboriginal art and so i was really thinking about bringing high art and low art as one who i am like okay how how does how does someone like me bring the conversations to the fold and integrate that when you're thinking about, uh, what they consider art on the peripheral, which is like, um, outsider art, such as Aboriginal art. And, and for me, the sort of high discourse or are not just the discourse are a part of the Western canon of conversation. And it was thinking about like, Materials from like Michael's Craft Store, and like thinking of like maybe women artists would use naturally crochet and, and you know, fabrics and collaging and all of this stuff that naturally aren't really considered high art formalities, things that you're supposed to mostly think about when you're in art school that come from sort of patriarchal Western ideas. And so as a black woman, when you're thinking, okay, where's the conversation of like the histories of African or African American art, when you're thinking about (laughs) a whole different way of making when, when I grew up, people were just making stuff out of what they had in their environment, but that's not, necessarily talked about or looked at as high art. And so I was very conflicted in trying to figure it out. And so once I finished undergrad, I started questioning, yeah, why am I not using myself in my work? And then I took a really amazing class, photo class. And that's when I started photographing my mother. And that's when the work shifted. And that's when I started thinking really about the black body about myself in the world. And I did, I remember doing my first image and I didn't know what it meant. And I just remember seeing this, having this postcard of little Kim, Mona Lisa. And I think it was like a fair faucet of someone else. And it was like those three images and I put it in a gold frame I really didn't know what I was doing or what I was saying. I just had this in my studio and it was stuff that I was collecting and it was ideas and it was questions that I was having and it was about beauty. It was about identity. It was about race. It was about self image. It was how you saw yourself. It was about. All of these notions of ideology, of historical racism and how we take on identifiers of self, of how we see ourselves in the world. And I just put it up and then we started this whole conversation and I was excited about it. And I just remember going back to my studio thinking I should do more
1: of that. Well, Michaline, thank you so, so, so much for speaking with me today. It's been absolutely incredible hearing about all of this and i i'm just so excited to see your work in the flesh again soon but as as this is dior talks we always end each episode by asking our guests who is your feminist hero oh
0: ooh, that is a <laughs> good one ooh. okay i mean i have several but i think one would probably be stormy uh deliver I can see her her name. She was a butch lesbian, and she kind of scuffled with the police during the um, Stonewall Riots. And she was known to be the one who was, because of the Stonewall Riots, happened. She was born in New Orleans, and she died in, I think, 2014. And she's remembered as a gay activist, a gay civil rights icon and entertainer. She's not talked about a lot, but I would, I would say, to be quite honest, the Stonewall riots would not have happened if she didn't fight back. If she didn't, as a black woman, fight back yeah. against the police. You know, um, I think now people are starting to really celebrate her for the Stonewall riots, but up in, for a long time, they, you would not hear her name. So I would say she would be she's been on my mind
1: a lot oh fantastic yeah well micheline thomas thank you so so much for speaking for me today you're welcome you're welcome that was just so brilliant thank you so much thank you thank you so much